So our final uh, talk this morning is going to be called A Place of Greatness. We've been in a series called A Place for Everyone, and uh, we all have a place. And we talked about how everyone belongs. Everyone has a place in the kingdom of God and in church. Everyone has a place that they can connect, and we're going to accept people. And then we talked about uh, maybe sometimes for us, um, the place where we are, where we already are, is our place. Sometimes we get caught up in a destination disease, and we're always looking ahead. If, if I only had a better car, if I only got married, if I only did this, if, and we're living in so far in this, if I only got to this, then I would be happy. Uh, but maybe if you just stop and be grateful and thankful and appreciate where God has you, you might come to realize that the place that you are at is actually the place that you already belong. And so we looked at that. But then we talked about last week how Lamentations gives a story, and it says uh, that the, the sort of example was that her collapse was great, the scripture said, because she considered not her destiny. And it was saying the reason that she fell off or got aside in the things in her life, the reason sin entered, the reason that she fell off wasn't because sin just came and took over. It was because the lack of considering what God wants to do in her life, not having uh, not having her eyes, not keeping a focus on the purpose. And so that's one thing for us is we all have a place. Are we taking the time to consider what that is? Are we taking the time to make sure we're seeking God and saying, God, how do you want to use me? How do you, you know, consider your destiny? And then this week, we're going to wrap it all up by talking about a place of greatness, a place of greatness. I don't have a lot here for you, uh, but, but it's, it's like a lot. So it's not a lot, but it's a lot in, in a thought. So make sure you bust out your notepads. I appreciate it when uh, I see people taking notes and putting things in their phone. Hopefully they're putting things in their phone. I tell myself you are. And then I get home and see you were updating Facebook while you're here. But no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, yes. Uh, so anyway, uh, good thing to take notes on because it's good to study out through the week. Because I believe about a church is when we come together. So do not forsake the gathering together of the saints because we come together and we build each other up and we encourage and we, we edify each other. And I believe what is said and done here goes throughout the week. And so just keep wrestling with these, thought, these thoughts. And I'll even leave here on a Sunday being the one who's done, given, you know, I've given the sermon and I'm done. Monday, I'll get more thoughts of it as I've just kind of, and uh, you've actually even seen me throw some more of that even on Facebook uh, on our page, just because I think if you keep wrestling with it, God, like an onion, just reveals more layers, peels off more to you. And um, so that's why I like note taking and uh, trying to jump into this stuff. So Today we're talking about a place of greatness. How do you become great? How are you great? How do you live in a place of greatness in your life? And what's interesting um, is that greatness in the kingdom of God is very opposite of the way that we become great in the things of the world. Uh, we live in a culture that is you grind and you step on as many people as you can on the way up and you cut corners and you, you know, and, and it's very this dog eat dog type world. They just, you, it's just very aggressive. But the kingdom of God is a lot different than that. The kingdom of God, it's interesting. Um, it's very connected to how we actually treat each other. And I'll start to unpack this here in a minute. But our greatness in life, according to scripture, is very much connected to how we interact with each other. So to get into a place of greatness, uh, and I'll explain a little bit here in Scripture of what that is, but to get to a place of greatness in our life, it has a lot to do with how we interact with our world and with others. The natural way about how we interact with others and how we, how we achieve in life, there's sort of this do unto others as they deserve to be done. 
So we'll kind of have this mindset as we're walking in life of, I'm going to make decisions about people in life um, as they deserve it. And so I'll interact with you and I'll label you because you did this thing. And so I'm going to put you in that category and that's how I'll treat you. And then another way is do unto others as they do to you. We've heard that very often growing up. You just do unto others as they do to you. And so we say, that's your label. I'm only going to do unto you as you do unto me. And I'll make sure that everything stays even. That way I'm not giving more. That way I'm not losing. We'll just only do what is fair, what you've done unto me. Uh, and so there's that. And then we have do unto others as your mood would have it. And uh, I'm not a morning person. And so uh, I probably follow this one a little bit more in the morning. Uh, when we first got married, uh, my wife, she gets up earlier than me in the morning. I'm a late night person, so I like to go to bed super late, 1 a.m., something like that. And uh, she gets up early in the morning. So when we first got married, we're living together. Um, I, you know, I'd be like taking a shower or whatever, and she comes in and she's doing her hair. And uh, Chatty Kathy was with her, okay? So I hate the morning, so I'm in there trying to get ready. And she's, what do you think the weather's going to be today? Like, da -da -da -da. <laughs> okay, honey, for the rest of our lives you got to give me an hour <laughs> before we do that. So sometimes for me in the morning, it's due unto others as my mood would have it. Um, and a lot of you can agree with that. We make a lot of decisions on how we treat people simply based on our mood. Um, others of us, uh, we do this one. We will do unto others until we get them to see it our way. Isn't it interesting how often we treat people based on what we're trying to get them to see or do? oh, so we're so sweet and we're so nice to you and we love you it's because we want you to be this. But then when that doesn't happen, oh, we actually have a whole different relationship because this part of it is over. It's that subtle manipulation that takes place. Uh, and so we make all these decisions and interactions with people based on what we're trying to get them to be or see. But Jesus, in his whole life, and his whole interaction with us, never operates in these categories. Jesus is always in a place of, I accept and I love and I forgive. He's always for us and never against us. And so God called us to do unto others as it was done unto us. We'll see here in the scriptures that Jesus' commandments to us are to do unto others as it was done unto us by him. So forgiveness, compassion, and grace. Um, we get so caught up in being great and how we're great is this, but we've gone to church 52 times a year and that's important. You should come here 52 times. Uh, you shouldn't miss a Sunday. Um, if you love the Lord at all, you would be here every single Sunday. There's no reason you should miss church. Amen? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Some of you, it's so early, you don't know me quite well enough. You're like, I don't know if he's doing that. Obviously, I understand family and things that, that are important. Church uh, is not just your Sunday morning experience. Can you say amen to that? Okay, okay. Okay. Uh, but we come into this place of greatness. I'm at church every single week, and we'd love to see you here, by the way, every single week. But uh, church, oh, I go to church every single week, and I pray. Oh, I'm a prayer. You ever meet somebody who tells you, like, what they are right away? Oh, hi, I'm so-and-so. I'm, I'm a prayer. <laughs> and, uh, and that's fine. We all have our spiritual gifts and that stuff. That's fine. But uh, we start to establish our place of greatness uh, so, so I go to church, and I serve on this thing, and I've done this thing, and we start to set up our place of greatness. Uh, but what's interesting is we think we're great because of, we lay out all these things. But 1 John 4.20, and, and you've heard me share a scripture like this a few weeks ago, but 1 John 4.20 says this, whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. 
everybody say, yeah, ouch, right? <laughs> Isn't it interesting here that the, the, the structure of this ties our relationships with others to our relationship even with God? If we can't love each other, if we can't serve each other, if we can't connect and be there for each other, then it says that directly uh, relates or shows our depth in our relationship with God. It says if we can't love one another, then we don't get it, is what it's saying. Then we don't get it. And so for us to look at a place of greatness and to, and to say, how can we be great in the kingdom of God? How can we uh, be in a place that God's called us to be in our walk with God? It's directly related to how we interact and how we serve each other. Somebody say amen. It's easy for us to say, well, they don't deserve my time. Well, they don't this because of they did this because they did this. And so I'm going to distance myself from this. And we put everybody over in these labels and these categories. And trust me, there is a time that it's wise to, to stay away or to have a place of healing take place. And that there's all those kinds of things. But a general term of how we interact with each other to just say, I'm going to label you, 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 and put you here. Check this out. Jesus went to the cross when you were labeled wrong. Jesus still gave everything and, and put all in, even when we fall into the long label categories. When you didn't have it all together, Jesus still gave all. Why? Because that's his heart, and that's how we interact with each other is we believe the best, and we encourage the best, and we're there to help because that's how Jesus did it. Amen? Amen. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. Galatians 5, 13. I'll give you a second to turn there. It says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. So the scripture is saying, because of what Jesus did on the cross, we've been set free. We're living in this place of freedom. But it's saying, don't use that to do what you want to do in your own life and serve yourself and live in this place of the flesh. It's saying, use your freedom to serve and empower others. Everybody say, that's good. Serving, this text here says, through love, serve one another. And we've used this word serve in America the wrong way. And so you serve a jail sentence or you serve community service or you have to, you know, and we've taken this serving as a negative and uh, it's almost more like a punishment. And so it's like a slavery. So uh, if I'm serving somebody, it's because I did something wrong or because I'm beneath them. But Jesus came to serve and we'll read about it here in a minute. And so the term here of serving is not slavery. The term here of serving is like this. You see a need and you fix it. You're serving somebody what you have. Uh, it's, it's offering of yourself. And so, uh, you know, we call people at the restaurant servers. And so uh, people come and they say, hey, here's what I have. Can I serve you with these goods, these things that I have? I'll, I'll, I'll give you these. And so for us, that's what it is for us in this. It's saying all of the goodness that God has done in my life, the grace, the compassion, the forgiveness, the, the, all of the things that God's poured into my life, I've come and seen a need and I want to serve you these things. Somebody say amen. Because if all we do is hold those things in, then what's the point? We have a, the scripture says, and we all know this, that the harvest is plentiful. There's all kinds of work to be done out there. There's all kinds of needs to be met. But the scripture says that the laborers, the servers, the people who go out there and offer what God's done in the life, those people are few. And I want it to be said a vertical church. Boy, that vertical, they just know how to serve people. They know how to love people. Look at what they're doing in the community. Look at what they're doing. In the, they just know how to offer themselves to their area. Somebody say amen. Yeah. 
And so we can't look at this term serving as slavery or we're serving a sentence. No, we get to serve. And it blesses me here on a Sunday. Uh, <laughs> I actually took a picture this morning uh, up from my office because it's on the second level. And uh, so super early in the morning, like 830 or whatever. And uh, just glanced out the window, saw a whole row. What did I say? Well, it's, you jokers don't get here till 1035 and it starts at 1030. So... Uh, I won't do unto you as my mood would have me in that moment, <laughs> even though I just did. Okay. Um, that's hilarious. I won't even talk about that. But okay. We started with a countdown video. So we're like, oh, we'll just give them this countdown video, and then they'll be in here on time. And it was five minutes, start at 1030. Then that didn't work. So we bumped that a little bit back. It's like, okay, that runs to two minutes after. Still not everyone's here. All right, well, let's find another video, put it on top of the countdown video. Uh, by the time we're done, it's going to be like a whole episode. Everybody loves Raymond before we start service, so, which is fine. But anyway, um, I used to think it was just the teenagers that we had to do that for, but apparently it starts from the top down. So anyway, so it blessed me. I look out my window so early this morning, like 830. The sun was been up for two hours. But, um, but just to see the row of our, our volunteers. Uh, so you look out the window, you just see a whole bunch of cars here, essentially on their day off, coming in early, starting to set up, starting to get ready for kids' ministry so that they can serve and love on kids. There's nothing better than that. Somebody say amen. So I love that, you know, in uh, verse 14, so we're on Galatians 5, 13, but then 14 says this. Uh, It says, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, One translation I heard of it, one writer says it like this, you shall want as much good for your neighbor as yourself. And that's that serving. Oh, I have this, you need it. It's funny how much we talk about uh, our gadgets or the new things we get like, uh, oh, I got this new blender or whatever. I can't think of a good example. It's so amazing, you have to have it. And so we're always like giving testimony of these ridiculous things. But when God does something in our life, isn't it crazy how we sort of hold that in? We don't serve that thing or we don't offer that thing to other people. And so the scripture is saying uh, that in order to walk in in a place of greatness and the way that we should be in the kingdom of God, it's a way that says we shall want as much good for our neighbor as we do ourselves, offering ourselves, hey, this is what I have. You need to get in on this. Let me serve it to you, what God is doing in my life. And so huge, huge there. Verse 15 says this. This is so incredible for the days that we live in. It says, uh, But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. That's literally what the scripture says. But you bite, but if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. That is our society. The way that we build up people and tear them down. And we love to build them up and tear them down, build them up and tear them down. And the scripture says that you just bite and you bite and bite. And then eventually at the end of the day, you've devoured each other until there's nothing left. And what's interesting about that is do you know? In America right now, uh, we have an all-time high of depression, fear, and anxiety uh, treatments. So whether it be counseling or all the forms that deal with that, it's at an all-time high in our world by staggering amounts, huge percentages that it's at an all-time high. I wonder if it's directly coordinated, correlated with the fact that we live in a society that loves to tear each other down and TMZ each other and make the worst case scenario. And so we bite and we bite at each other until there's nothing left. And when there's nothing left, you feel what? Alone. And when you're alone, depression, anxiety, fear, all those things. 
are in a place of being alone. Isn't it interesting that we live this way and our result is this way? You can clearly see this scripture is in existence. How do we counter it as a church? We don't bite and devour each other. We love each other and we serve each other and we give our best to each other. Everybody say, that's right. Verse 16 says this, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So walk in the spirit, the things of God, and you, don't, you won't fulfill the things of the flesh. You won't bite and devour and try to get ahead and tear other people down. You won't get into those things if you walk in the spirit, if you walk in the goodness of God. We know that the fruit of the spirit, the scripture says, when it says walk in the spirit, these are the things. It says this, uh, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Uh, scripture saying if we walk in those things, we'll fulfill what he's called us to do. That's how we love and serve each other. And um, John chapter 13, interesting story that we all know. Uh, I'll wrap up here in a minute. Uh, so John chapter 13, you can go ahead and turn there. Um, verse three, let me set up the story. You guys kind of all know it once we get into it, but here's the deal. Jesus is at a gathering or he's at a table or he's in a room with some people and it's actually the disciples. So John chapter 13. So Jesus was gathering the 12 all together and the whole thing's about to set up. He's about to go to the cross, be crucified. All this is gonna take place. And uh, interesting, the people that were there, Judas was there who was about to betray him. Peter was there who was about to deny him. And then the rest were all people that he knew would run away from him. And, and have nothing to do with him. And so he has betrayers, people who deny him, the cowards that ran. And uh, in verse three, it says, Jesus knowing that the father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God. So here's Jesus, all power, all right. If no one was more right than him. He was the man, he was all right, 100%. You couldn't say anything against him because he had all the knowledge. All, he was the most right, the most great of anybody on earth. And he's in a room full of people who don't deserve to be treated right because they're going to betray him. They're going to deny him. They're going to do all these things. And in verse 3, so verse 3 says that he has all knowledge. And in verse 5, it says, after that, he had poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel which he had girded. So here's Jesus who has all knowledge of what they're going to do to him, all the knowledge of what they're going to do to him. And he still takes a moment to send this symbol or this example of serving. So he didn't label what they were going to be, what they thought they were going to do. He, didn't, he still poured out and served love and grace and compassion. Verse 12, so when he had washed their feet, taken his garment, he sat down and he had said to them, do you know what I have done to you? Verse 13, you call me teacher and Lord and you say, well, for so I am. So he is, obviously all those things. Verse 14, if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Uh, verse 15, for I have given you example that you should do as I have done to you. Uh, so he gathers all the betrayers, all the, you know, he gathers the people who denied him, betrayed him, lied about him, did him wrong, all those kind of things. And he sat down and he served them. And he poured out all of his best on them. And he says, this is an example that we should walk in. We should walk in a place that we serve one another, no matter where we disagree or what we see coming, we love. Somebody say amen. Um, I love this scripture right here. Well, verse 16, we'll finish that one. Uh, verse 16, it says, Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than who sent him. So he's saying, you as the disciples are not greater than me. I'm not greater than God. Uh, so he's saying the same thing for all of our lives. 
Um, we're all in this together. Verse 17, you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. And then uh, he goes on to say, which we'll read here in a minute. So actually, let me just sidestep that. So he said, blessed are you if you do these things. So here's kind of the, the point of that. Doesn't matter where we are in life or who's done right or who's done wrong and all that kind of stuff. We, we offer ourselves, we serve, we give grace, we give compassion. Uh, but then also the scripture says, knowing these things, blessed are we when we do them. So it's really easy to preach a gospel that says if we serve and we love and we have compassion, then blessed are we. And we love those books. Those books sell. If you do this, this, and this, you're going to be blessed and you're going to be rich. And all that stuff is true and fine. But I would encourage you on this. You will be the most alive. I think the scripture here, uh, blessed doesn't necessarily mean stuff. My experience is, doesn't matter what it is, whether it's, you know, preaching, which everybody gets to see, and they put that up on a pedestal, or if it's like yesterday when we're up here serving, and we're literally like setting up chairs, and, you know, we painted and did drywall, stuff people don't see. I get to do those things as someone in the kingdom of God. I get to do those things. We don't have to do those. Blessed am I because I get to be a part of those things. Somebody say amen. What we're going to do this summer as a church, loving the community and having parties in the park and serving at the gospel mission, all those things that we do, we don't do those because we have to do them. We're going to do those things because we're blessed enough to be able to do them. We're blessed when we get to do those things. So don't put it in the category of we're going to serve because God's going to bless us and then we're going to get stuff. No, we're blessed because we get to serve and offer out what God poured into us. Somebody say amen. So the greatest place in life is what Matthew 20, 28 says. Even as the Son of Man did not come to have servants, but to be a servant and to give his life for the salvation of men. That's our prayer at Vertical. Do you want to be great? Do you want to be in a place of greatness? Don't come to gather servants. Come to serve. So like the scripture says, that people may have salvation. Somebody say amen. I want to share something with you that we have coming up. Um, just that kind of ties into all of this. March the 9th. You guys can go ahead and throw that up there uh, if we have it. Or we can just put a paper on there. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, so check this out. Coming up on March the 9th at 6 p.m., here's what we're going to do. We're going to take this and we're going to put it in place. We're going to say, we know that serving our community, we know that loving on people, we know that offering ourselves into our community is the blessed way to live. And so uh, what we're going to do is March 9th, Sunday night, uh, in this room, so we'll change all this up. We'll put round tables in here. We'll have refreshments and snacks and all that kind of stuff. And we're going to vision cast a little bit about um, what it looks like going forward as a church. We're done with the whole launch phase. You know, we're six weeks into the church. Everything's in place. And so what are we going to do? What does the year look like? And so we have incredible opportunity this year coming up to love the city of Zealand and Holland and our lakeshore, uh, but we need help. You know, we obviously can't do it alone. We had an incredible team that got us to this point. Uh, we had about 50 or 60 people that starting back in August of last year started having meetings in this room about what does it look like? How are we going to do this? How are we going to launch the church? And since then, we've seen probably over 150 people commit themselves uh, to this church, uh, you know, whether through attendance or just connecting with us on 
uh, Facebooks or dinners and stuff like that. And so to be a church that's eight weeks old and about 200 people is an incredible testimony to what God wants to do in the Lakeshore. Somebody say amen. And so uh, I'm not giving numbers because like, oh, 200, we're great. Uh, God's in the numbers because numbers represent lives changed and, and opportunity to reach people. And so Sunday night, March 9th, here in this room, at six o'clock, we're going to have a vision casting meeting, and uh, we're going to talk about what we want to do, but we're also going to talk about the areas that you can help. And so we have everything from uh, helping us get coffee ready to helping us with the kids ministry, or we're going to do barbecues in the park. And so <laughs> if you make a, a mean burger and a brat, like we can show you how to do our summer parties and like all kinds of stuff. Why? Because the greatest place that you can be is serving, is you're blessed to be able to serve. And so we're not going to abuse you. Uh, we're not going to be the church that, oh, you're, you're going to help us, and then we stick you in something and never let you out. Uh, we're we're kind of actually doing that to our people right now, but no. Um, but we want to set up rotations, and we want, we want to develop your gifts. You know, we, we, we believe, like we talked about last week, God has a purpose for your life, and we want to consider that as a church. What does that look like? What are the unique ministries that are going to come out of here? Uh, we've had so many cool people using their gifts from painting. Uh, our kids' rooms, if you go up there, we have all kinds of canvases. We didn't buy those. Someone in the church painted those. Why? Because we've, as a church, I said, okay, what's your gift? How can we use it? Let's put it in place. And um, so Sunday, March 9, you're going to hear me talk about it every week up until then. Um, we're just going to get together, have some refreshments, and I'll share where we're going as a church and how you can be involved. But really want to encourage you that the best thing you can do is connect to a local church and serve and love people. Um, when I was 19 years old, I was managing a grocery store, a uh, family fair in Hudsonville, and I was also in ministry. And so I was like full-time in ministry, but also at the grocery store um, managing a, a bakery. And in order to balance both at the level that I needed to, um, I skipped sleeping on Saturday nights for nine months. <laughs> so my two days off at the grocery store, I worked at the church, but enabled to be off on Sunday um, I worked all day on Saturday, basically went home, got stuff ready for church on Sunday because I was leading the children's ministry, went back to work, worked all night long so that I could have Sunday off. So I worked overnight there. When I got out of work, I changed clothes and drove to church. This was when church was crazy and even had night church. So it was like morning church and then night church. And for nine months, I skipped sleep on Saturday nights to be able to do what God called me to do. Uh, Vertical's not going to ask you to do that. But listen, you know what the best days of my life were those days. Why? Because you're fully alive being a part of what God is doing. You're just, when you serve, when you lay down your life for others and you see it effective and working and you hear the results, it's way better than any what else you were going to do. I don't know if I can serve. I got that thing, <laughs> whatever it is. No, we get to serve. We're blessed to be a part of something. So I encourage you, March the 9, jump in on that and um, hear the vision of where we're going, but then also connect yourselves to what, what God wants you to do uh, in our community. Amen? Why don't you all stand? Um, here's what we're going to do. Um, if you're here this morning, you can all bow your head and close your eyes. If you're here this morning and uh, maybe this whole idea of church and being a Christ follower and committing your life to God, maybe that's all new to you. So you're like, man, Pastor Josh, I love what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. It's connecting with me, but I've been away from God or I've been away from the things of God, but I know that I need to connect to him. 
and, and live with more purpose and live for eternity. If you're here, uh, I'd like to pray with you. We're not going to have anybody come forward. We're not going to do anything like that, uh, nothing that would embarrass you or do anything like that. All I'm going to do is uh, with everybody, you know, they all have their eyes closed. I just want to be able to see your hands. So if you're here, you say, yeah, I want to pray the prayer of salvation. I want to become a Christ follower. Um, I want to commit my heart to God. The scripture says, all those who call upon his name shall be saved. And uh, that means you're on your way to heaven. You're connected to God. And so uh, this morning, I want that opportunity to pray with you. So when I count to three, I'll just have you slip up your hand. And um, again, no one's going to point you out or do anything like that. I just want to see it so I can believe and pray with you. So if there's anybody in here, you say, man, that's me. I, I need to get back on track with God. I need to maybe for the first time make a commitment to Christ. And you want me to pray that out this morning. If that's you and no one looking around, on the count of three, just raise your hand. One, two, three. Anybody in here? Okay. Anybody else? Gotcha. I see that hand too. Anybody else? Awesome. Cool. Thank you so much, you guys. Well, here's how we're going to do this. We're all going to pray together at the same time, just out loud. We'll repeat after me. So let's say this. Say, God, we love you. We choose you today. We ask that you forgive me of all my sins. I make you Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Amen.